Welcome to the Life Gets in the Way podcast, where we're destroying life's number one excuse that sometimes life gets in the way. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm joined here um, today with Victor again. And our guest speaker today, um, our first sergeant, Master Sergeant Scruggs. So welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So today's topic is actually going to be a toxic work environment. So we're just going to talk about what one looks like, um, some kind of myths about toxic work environments, some ways to improve them, and just an overall work structure and how you can make improve your work environment and how others around you can help you improve that work environment. So let's just start off with what would you say in your own words that a toxic work environment is? Well, let me start off with explaining what I do. Um, and then if I explain a little bit about what I do, then I, I think uh, I can probably put some credibility to what I've seen. Yeah, of course. So, so um, what, I, what I am is a, I'm a first sergeant or a diamond wearer um, in, uh, in the U.S. Air Force. And specifically what that is, is it's the U.S. Air Force version in a lot of regards. It's the military version of human resources. Uh, so we handle the, the human domain of, uh, of the military place. Uh, and that includes all the good things that come around with the promotions and the recognition and the medals that people, you know, they work hard and they get. Uh, it also comes with the discipline, right? Um, so like in a civilian world, you know, if you get fired from a, from a location, right, the person that would check up on you to make sure you, you know your benefits and, and you've got a, a good sound mind and a good way ahead uh, would be the human resources department. Uh, similarly, similarly in the uh, in the Air Force, um, if you get in trouble, the, you know the last person you'll chat with, and, and the person you'll chat with before you get in trouble will, will be the human resources, or in this case, the first sergeant. Um, and so, I'm always checking up on the uh, the different pillars and of wellness to help maintain uh, a good uh, working condition and good order and discipline across the military formation. So, toxic toxic workplace, right? Um, there's a lot of it in the military. Um, it kind of comes and goes in different ways. Um, the two big things that kind of come into a toxic uh, workplace will be toxic followership and toxic leadership, right? Um, Ooh, good point. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got toxic leadership. It's pretty clear, right? So you can, you can search the Google and uh, you'll find plenty of examples of toxic leadership. Uh, everything from generals, you know, uh, creating a, an environment that's just not inclusive, or maybe there's criminal things happening like sexual assaults or hazing and, and those things. Uh, toxic followership is not so much talked about in the news. Uh, toxic followership uh, can can undermine a, a situation or a workplace just as uh, negatively as toxic leadership. Mm. Um, but a good leader can 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 you know get some get some uh, follower toxic leadership toxic followership and kind of coax it out and provide the feedback to get that follower to step up yeah you bring up a good point i don't think i don't think i've ever heard the term toxic followership like spoken about at any commander's calls or anything like that what do you think um for those who don't know exactly what toxic followership would look like what would you say would be some traits or some ways to describe toxic followership uh, so it's it's easy to describe, but it's hard to fix, right? So toxic followership could be simple as your your boss uh, in the military, like your that would be a non commissioned officer in charge, makes a call, 
whatever it may be, right? So the classical one that people get upset about would be, hey, we're doing PT four times a week and it's going to be at 06, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and their normal workday starts at 7.30. And let's say there's an airman or a person in that, in that unit or in that section that really just doesn't like PT and doesn't like to be told when and how to do PT. Uh, and by PT, I'm talking about physical training. And that that person says, you know what? I don't like PT. I like doing my own thing. I want to I wanna lift weights. I don't want to run or vice versa. Um, and so what they do is they go around to the other, their other peers and they're like, man, this NCOIC doesn't know what they're doing, right? They, they've made a call. Uh, they're affecting my personal life. And they just start to undermine the choices mm-hmm. of, the, of the leader. Um, and that will slowly eat at the trust of the leader a little bit. No, and that sounds just like, a, what are they, triangling in a right, way yeah. too? Um, because when you were saying toxic followership, the first thing I was thinking of, which is completely wrong, but I was thinking of like, say if a NCO or leaders is doing something wrong or something that goes against the, I guess the mission and the vision that trying to create that healthy work environment and those that are under him just kind of keep their mouth shut. Right. And so that's how I, w- I was viewing it. But your, yeah, your way makes makes sense. But say, can it be viewed that way too, as the flipping it around? Um, well, well, you would have a toxic leadership there, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so if a leader's uh, making a choice that's unethical or just making, you know, making choices that are ethical, they just don't make sense, right? Yeah. So say like uh, that same example, right? Say the normal work days from seven to four for this, for this section. And he says, you know what, guys, we're going to do PT at zero one Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, mm-hmm. right? Now it's an ethical and moral decision. He has the authority to make that decision but is it the right decision, right? Yeah. And that would be toxic leadership. Uh, and a good follower, right, would would say, hey, sir, I think uh, I think you're making a bad decision, right? I think you're affecting the work rest cycle. I think we're going to be less effective in what we're trying to get after if you make us, you know, get up, you know, halfway through our sleep cycle <laughs> to do yeah. PT. Uh, um, a toxic follower in that situation, uh, what they would do is they wouldn't provide that feedback. They, yeah, they'd still they'll build that that uh, that lack of trust on yeah. that leader and go from that route. Yeah, and I know even the military, I mean, they're built by ranks and structures and chain yeah. of command. Um, so say, in order to avoid this toxic followership, um, how would you, I guess, advise, like say younger airmen or those that are seeing that toxic leadership, how would you advise them to make sure to address it? But of course, in a professional way, and especially for the airmen that are worried for kickback too, that can turn around and they can get punished or just they can be a target. Um, And so I know several airmen that are worried to do that. So they do talk to their peers because they're comfortable there. um, And they're afraid to talk to those that are higher, like the NCOs or senior NCOs um, about this toxic leadership. Yeah, so it would be it would be pretty dumb of me to assume that peers don't talk, right? Yeah. And and it would also be kind of dumb to assume that peers don't talk about the decisions that their leaders make, right? I mean, um, it happens in, in every workplace, civilian, military, across the board. Um, you could you could work for Google and they make a decision that affects something, and two people get together, they have a beer, and they talk crap about you know what what's going on. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of comes down to the pride that the airmen need to take, right, in their job. Uh, because it's important to recognize that as a follower, and, and we all are followers in some way, shape, or form, um, that if you're not bought into what you're doing, right, if you're, if you're not bought in and, and, and you're, you got one foot out the door and everything you're doing, um, you, when your talks will, 
become more negative when you're talking to your peers about your your bosses and stuff. But if you bought into the pride, like if you're joined into the group, the common the the objective, the mission, whatever you're trying to get after, um, your peer talking would be more constructive. Uh, so it might be like, hey. Uh, he made the call to make us come in at zero one and go do PT. I think that's a terrible idea. And mm-hmm. the other guy is like, yeah, that's a terrible idea. And then you, if you're both bought into like what that section is doing, you'd be like, let's, let's figure out a way to get him to understand that this is bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not toxic followership. That's normal. That's just talking to a peer to be like, hey, let's figure this out. But then if, if you're not bought in, right, and you start to lose trust, it erodes into the situation of the mission, the leader, and uh, you'll, your talks when you start to become negative over time. You would say, man, this guy is dumb. This guy, he, he's not a good leader. He's making bad calls. And you, and it's just, you just fester, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you never really come up with any constructive feedback to really get after fixing a problem, which is ironic, right? Because you won't actually fix the problem if you're not bought in, right? Because yeah. you, you have no investment to fix it. You'll just wake up at zero one every single day and complain about it every single day uh, if you're not completely bought in. No, that's good. And I, well, exactly what you're saying, what I think of is like emotional intelligence. Right. Uh, because I think someone that has a high emotional intelligence, they will say if they are talking to peers, they're not doing a way to kind of degrade those that are above them um, or kind of in a way trash talk right. their, their leadership, but they are trying to find a, the right way to address that. Yep. And so when they are going to peers, they're doing like, they're trying to find a creative way to present it and then getting, finding a way to get the leadership to buy into it too. Yeah. Um, rather than when they kind of do it, they kind of are spreading that toxic um, followership there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I see that with especially emotional intelligence and just, I know it takes time, it takes maturity, it takes those to be aware of when something really happens, what kind of emotions that are released stewing in them yeah. and then how to really recognize that but then don't let it bleed over to those around them too for sure yeah yeah, yeah. um and so say when you are seeing now the toxic getting that address from toxic leadership and toxic um followership and when do you see like a turning ground of when there's really that healthy healthy steps in a, in a unit so i just finished a book uh probably a couple months ago because you know i Y'all know me. I typically read books about like hiking and through hiking and stuff. But I I also have to worry about my professional growth. So I mixed in some professional books. And I read Call Sign Chaos, which is written by General uh, Mattis. It's his his memoir of his time in the military. Okay. And he talks about how he would feel – he would try to feel the culture of a unit, right? So he's known for when he was the – I can't remember the exact name of his position. It's a Marine position, but he was the head uh, of the Marine division that first invaded Afghanistan, one of the first big uh, um, footprints in Afghanistan. He led that team going in there. Um, And there was, of course, defensive fighting positions or foxholes, the civilian people might understand a little better, um, where they were defending the base, right? And and at this point in his his book, they were in this hold pattern waiting for the – you know, Congress and, and the executive branch at the time to give them authorities to to go after the bad guys um, uh, in Afghanistan. And he was worried about the culture. He was like, "How can I figure out if I if if I have good leaders and I have good followers? You know, doing the movements around the base and executing the missions." And he was known for literally going into these foxholes, into these defensive fighting positions, right? And in the book, he says he says this. He says, "If they had that." That, you know, military, crude military humor that you hear that doesn't translate real well into the civilian world. But if he knew he could feel that and they were making these like jokes and stuff, he was like, we're going to be okay. 
these guys are okay, right? Uh, but if you'd get into a DFP and and things were just quiet or they really didn't have much to say, he'd get that feeling and he would go seek out, you know, that officer or senior NCO that was in charge of those guys and be like, I need you to figure out, you know, what's going on. There's some kind of toxicness existing in, in your in your work center. Yeah. Um, and it was just trying to feel that culture. And he would do that at the highest of levels. I mean, he was the general, right? So if a general can feel that, I know for a fact, right, the direct leaders can too. Uh, it's just whether or not they uh, they are equipped to, to, to fix it, you know, to fix the problem. Yeah. And what was the name of that book again? Call Sign Chaos. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So um, last question. We're talking about toxic leadership and toxic followership. However, I think some people may get that confused with the forming, storming, norming phases of building a team. Because yeah. sometimes you may go through those disagreements as a team, yeah. but it's not necessarily toxic leadership or toxic followership. So how would you say, um, yeah. so people don't just sit in their work sections and they're like, man, I have a toxic leader when really their team's just going through the stages of forming a team. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said that, right? So. You know, when you when you talk about team roles and you talk about how it works, right? You got the you different players in the team, and, and it changes over time as people move and, and develop and things. And storming is very normal when you get a first new team, but it's also important to note that storming occurs anytime there's a new mission, right? So the mm-hmm. three of us could be on a on the same team for a while. We went through the storming uh, situation, and then someone gives us a new objective, right? And then we're all going to disagree on it. So storming is going to come back up, right? Um, you'll know internally if it's toxic or not based off whether or not you respect the people that you're you're deliberating with that you're arguing with right yeah. so so as a first sergeant i work with a, a commander and a chief and i always always right disagree on a lot of decisions like always right uh just this morning right um i was disagreeing with one of the members of my personal triad um about about a decision and it was a storming case i mean we were we were we were arguing back and forth I think the the underlying reason is is there's a lot of respect between me and the person that was disagreeing. Yeah, makes and, sense. Yeah, and I think once we we know that internally, we know that exists, and we also know who the decision maker is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's important to note. I think the big thing to really understand is anytime you you you're in a team and, and you're in a workplace, right? When you get someone new to your workplace, it changes the. The workplace, everything changes, right? Team roles might change, right? And a lot of times, someone new when they step into a workplace, uh, they have a lot of motivation, but they don't necessarily have a lot of know-how yet, right? Because yeah. they're trying to learn their new trade or new job or whatever it may be. As they progress in experience, their motivation will drop, right? It's just natural, you know. You first step into a new job, your motivation is super high, but as your motivation drops, there's another pendulum going up, and that's your know-how. Right, like the ability to execute the the mission, and it usually evens out. Right now, sometimes it keeps going, and we have to we have to fix that motivation level because you don't want someone with a lot of know how and not a lot of motivation. Yeah, swings the opposite way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we got to be careful and watch for that. Um, Those people, you know, at that level side have usually been there for a while, right? And then the person that's new. Right, usually has a lot of motivation, right, and they're coming up with a lot of grand ideas, but they just don't understand the history of, the, of this of, the, of what has already been tried and all that. And so sometimes it can rub people the wrong way. Um, 
Yeah, like when new people PCS in, yeah. and then they try to make changes from their old unit right away. Yeah, or you, like I said, the pendulum could keep going where you have someone that's been at a base for a lot of eight years, like eight years, or been at a, a workplace for eight years, and their know-how is super high, right? But they're very jaded, right? That's typically your toxic follower, right? That's sitting there and it's like because they have a new boss that's kind of rotated in, but they've they're still there. They've seen three bosses, and they will sit there and say, you know, this is this is the way things should be and the way things should go, but they don't have a lot of motivation to fix anything. That's typically your toxic follower that you want to identify. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So um, as we're wrapping up here, are there any last thoughts you want to say on anything that we've talked about or any words of wisdom you want to provide? Uh, yeah, let me think about it for a second. Um, I think any one person going through any toxic situation needs to know that that is life and that is natural. Um, and it doesn't really matter um, in the grand scheme of things because you're going to develop from a toxic situation just as you would from a non-toxic situation. And I think it's important to note that. Because um, a lot of people get to a toxic situation and they just shut down or they'll quit their job or they'll lose a lot of things. And sometimes that's appropriate. It is appropriate if it's so toxic that it is affecting your emotional health, uh, your family health, your finances, whatever it may be. Um, especially if you tried everything to resolve it. But if you, can, if you can ride the wave, you'll find yourself developing your internal side, your internal things a lot better. And it can be hard in the moment to recognize that. Um, I would say just remember, just remember that it goes by fast. Toxic leaders go by a lot faster than uh, the non-toxic leaders. And uh, non-toxic leaders, the time will go slow. You will be enjoying your time on a full functional team. And you'll think back and be like, oh, I miss those teams. I miss that. Just cherish those moments as they appear. Yeah, no, great. Yeah, thank you, Shirt. Yeah. And then I, I know we have... Um, Say a couple resources for the listeners that they want to kind of dive in deeper into working through a toxic workplace. Of course, the the one book that you mentioned, uh, Call Sign Chaos uh, by General Math Mattis, and then there is also a another book. It's uh, Primal Leadership uh, by Daniel Goleman, which is unleashing the power of emotional intelligence uh, in the workplace and rising above a toxic workplace by. Gary Chapman, which which is another just resources uh, for you guys that are listening that will be able to just kind of help you looking both on the uh, toxic leadership, toxic followership, but then also how to use that emotional intelligence uh, to kind of go past all of that and make sure that you guys are creating that healthy um healthy workplace that you guys are able to accomplish the mission um but again yeah thanks sure for oh, thank being you. here and uh, yeah thank you guys for be listening and just kind of stay tuned for our next episode